Welcome to the Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. Get started on your own path to living vibrantly. The first step, Goshen Health. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode, Sound of the Economy. Welcome to the Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner. Today's episode is the Sound of the Economy, brought to you in part by Everance. Ground your finances in values like care, hope, and sharing. Everance. Today, we welcome Jeff Runnels of Keystone RV. He is the CEO and president, and one of the most important employers in the city of Goshen and Elkhart County is Keystone. Um, Our thanks, Jeff, for for coming here. And one of the things we chatted about a little bit was, you're an RV lifer. I mean, this has been been in your blood for a long, long time. Yep. Yeah. RVs. I grew up in RVs. My family was, we were campers and, um, uh, all the way through school, high school and college. That's what I did. That's mm-hmm. why, that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, and you mentioned your family got you hooked, uh, on the RV experience. You got a part-time job, uh, when you were in high school, uh, helped you get through college at Western Michigan, came down here, became a, a sales trainee or a, a sales, uh, early in your sales career. And then have just kind of climbed that ladder. Talk a little bit about that climb and, and, and what it's meant for you and your family. Well, obviously, RVs have been good to me. Um, RVs, we say it even when we talk to retail customers at a, at a show. It's it's a different kind of community, and we know that here, you know, in the greater Goshen area. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's like that everywhere. So uh, once you get into RVs, it kind of gets in your blood, not just the lifestyle, but everything about it. And um, so along the way, I've learned a lot of different jobs, a lot of different um, types of jobs but all right in the RV industry. And that's something I think people overlook. Um, you know, we're not just talking about building RVs. It takes every kind of mm-hmm. skill imaginable to build an RV. So, you know, we, we have plumbers, we have electricians, we have accountants, we, we have it all. And, um, and it takes all those skills to build a good RV. So, you know, along the way, I've been exposed to a lot. And uh, in my, my current role, learning a lot more about fixed ops in particular, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up on the side of RVs and sales where you're, you're really, you're looking with the, you're, you're dealing with the product and a lot with the end customer and, and even the, um, the, the dealer. And we live a little more in the gray world in sales <laughs> and, um, in operations, it's just different, you know? Um, and so these days, especially in this economy and in this environment, um, those differences are important. You know, Jeff, I've been blessed in my career, um, everything from media to banking and in between and getting to know the principals in the RV industry in this community and, and some of the leaders. One of the things I was curious as we pre- prepared for today was, who have been some of the influences on you in your career and in, in the lessons you've learned from them? Yeah, you know, I, I can go all the way back to sports in particular. Mm-hmm. When I was in, in high school and in college, um, I had a lot of good coaches. And um, those good coaches were, were, they were leaders. They were good leaders. They didn't, they didn't have to tell you that they were in charge. They just... Um, they did the right things. They communicated well. Um, they stood for something. And so as I, I got into uh, the retail space, I worked for a small RV dealership in Battle Creek, where mm-hmm. I'm from. And Doug Ewing, who was the owner of uh, Ewing RV, um, he was a great leader as well. And so he taught me everything there was to know about an RV dealership. And that's kind of where it started for me. I did everything from uh, I, I washed the trailers. That's where I started. I'd start <laughs> on one side of the line. I'd work all the way down. And usually when I get done, he'd say, okay, do it again. And um, that uh, translated into service. I PDI'd units. I was a service writer. I got to know all of the um, suppliers and all of the 
manufacturers really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, and I made a lot of day trips down here. I, <laughs> I picked up a lot of parts. I filled the back of his, you know, three quarter ton pickup with just about every part to build an RV, mm -hmm. drove them back up to Battle Creek, and then usually ended up putting them in. And um, so you, you get to know a lot about the other side of RVs when you grew up camping and then you, you know, kind of uh, grow up the, the last part of your career putting them together. It was a perfect transition to, to come down here and um, take the next step in the industry. So with that perspective that you've had growing up in the industry and, and watching from, from several different levels, how does that give you now in this climate uh, when, when workers are so important and, and the quest for workers is so important? Sitting in the CEO's chair, what kind of vision does that give you for what happens in the everyday line? Uh, empathy. I, I, I will tell you, there's not a lot of times or, or a lot of weeks that go by where I don't go out onto a production line, whether mm -hmm. it's just to um, see how part shortages are going these days or um, just to talk to, to different employees in different roles. And I will tell you, uh, there's a lot that goes into every position. You know, we just talked about um, we have a lot of disciplines, different disciplines in the RV industry. And um, so you had said we're on a quest for workers. Mm -hmm. We're really on a quest to get workers who, who want to learn and grow. I mean, it's, it, we, we can get employees in who can be there for a month or two months or even a year. But we're talking about a lot of skilled positions here mm -hmm. in the RV world. And so it really benefits all of us, whether it's us or a competitor, to get good employees in who want to make the RV industry, you know, home. Um, because uh, an employee who's been doing this for 10 years, it's like this in every industry, but especially in RVs, is going to be uh, a lot more benefit to all of us than somebody who just wants to do it for six months. And then if it gets hard or if it gets cold, they want to go do something else. And um, so, you know, we're on a quest to figure out what is going to what's going to press the buttons to make people, you know, come here mm -hmm. um, because, uh, you know, we, we have hundreds of jobs every day open just just did the the companies that i oversee you know we're almost to the point of thousands of jobs and it's just not any worker who can come fill some of those jobs so it's important we've got to find out what what motivates them well that leads me to one of the two questions that i'd thought of in advance is you know we know what makes a good headline we know what makes a great 60 second soundbite on television news but what is the employment situation here in elkhart really from the perspective of somebody who's got to find people who want to make a career in the RV industry? Well, I, I, I will say it feels almost dire. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but in, and certainly this is a good position for all of us to be in. I, I think we, we say something like it's dire because we need a thousand jobs filled. Mm -hmm. And then we turn around and say, boy, it sure feels better than it did, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010. So we'll take it. But, um, but we are to the point now where we've all grown up in RVs, and RVs are discretionary good. Mm -hmm. So you want to you wanna do the best you can while you can because you don't know what's right around the corner. And so I think that's part of what adds the fuel to the fire of, man, we need to find these workers now. Um, but, but it's more than that because a lot of us who, are, who, who have been in this industry a long time can see that this, this isn't a short-term thing. There's going to be ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly it's not going to be – build as many units as you can forever. But usually when we go through one of these growth periods, what happens is there'll be a small recession, but we don't ever go back to the numbers that we did in, you know, 85 mm -hmm. or 96 or whatever it was. Usually there's a permanent, you know, uptick. 
And that's really what we're looking at right now. I, I don't think that you'll see these numbers go back to, to where they were in 2008, 2009, probably ever again, because the RV industry has now been exposed to so many people who may have never seen it before. And um, that brings in a lot of good buyers and a lot of new buyers, and that opens a lot of families up to this, this industry and a lifestyle. When you look at, at, at the, the challenge then, in, in, in some cases dire, um, in some cases ebb and flowing, but you know, it's important for the community to be part of the solution as well as the industry itself. So from your perspective, Jeff, what kind of things can we and should we be doing in this area to help make this a permanent solution or at least a long-lasting solution rather than a day-to-day-to-day-to-day crisis? Well, I think infrastructure, I mean, that, that's an easy bailout answer, mm-hmm. but it's the truth. I mean, right now, when you talk to an employee who's maybe newer to the area um, in, in our world, one of the first things they talk about is housing, mm-hmm. you know, um, affordable housing, uh, especially for folks that may come in. They may just be dipping their toe. They don't know what the RV industry is. They know there are great jobs here. And it's not just for the, the manufacturers, for suppliers as well. Um, but right now, housing is just you know hard to find, mm-hmm. and affordable housing uh, at many different levels is impossible to find. So you know, making sure we have the infrastructure, and that goes with you know the roads, um, the schools, fire departments, all of that is Im- is important. So as we get these these growth periods, making sure we're not just building you know um, the fun stuff, mm-hmm. but you're putting down, you're laying down the infrastructure so that we can continue to grow for the next you know 10, 20, 30 years is really important. It should be noted that Keystone is very active educationally, both at the high school level and at the collegiate level with uh, with Ivy Tech and some other areas, but also doing some things on your own. Talk a little bit, if you would, about the Technical Training Academy. So we do um, we do RV technical training, um, and and it's not just us anymore. You know, we've we've it's evolved really into RVIA, the entire association. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to make sure that we're bringing people in who understand that you know you don't necessarily just have to go to college. You don't necessarily just have to you know. There's not just one lane into the RV industry, and so getting getting that technical training so that you could be uh, available for any number of jobs on the line has become really, really imperative. So, you know, opening students up at local high schools, Mm -hmm. you know, their eyes to what the RV industry is, you know, that's something that a lot of us who've gone outside of the area that they grew up, um, there may have been something right in front of our faces we didn't even know existed. And so here we are bringing people from, you know, counties away Mm -hmm. into um, our area to to work in the RV industry. And we, we just didn't feel like we were doing enough to expose that to, you know, the local high schools right. or even colleges. And so we've started some technical um, training and, and exposure to try to um, try to reach out to the community to, to prepare people for what's here. What's so so you're, you're a salesman. You've, you've, you've been trained as a salesman. You've climbed the ladder as a salesman. Give us your best sales pitch uh, for, and more at the parents than, than at the students. Um, if, if I'm sitting there with a junior or a senior in high school who's still trying to figure out what in the world he or she wants to do, uh, why should we be knocking on Keystone's door? No, man. I, I, I would probably be the... If my parents were here, they would say I'd be the best sales pitch. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that nobody expected me to uh, amount to much. Um, and the RV industry, like I said, had it not been in sales, it probably would have been something else. It mm-hmm. was all I knew when I graduated from high school and then college. And, um, you know, I've had, we've had a lot of folks grow up through Keystone who, um, are now in sales or even management from the production line. Mm -hmm. Maybe they started as an electrician or a cabinet setter. And, um, even as they were working through college 
And so we've had a lot of resumes come through, especially over the last five or six years where someone who was young started at 18, maybe 20. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone and finished uh, a bachelor's degree or even a master's degree, and they've gotten into our marketing department or our sales department. And so that's why I say it's not, it's not even limited to production jobs. But even in the production world right now, you've got manufacturing managers, plant managers, group leaders who are making better than, than average wages um, and salaries. And, um, and they can do just about any discipline they want right here in the RV industry. And so that's why I say, I mean, I'm surprised we don't have a mass, you know, arrival from all over the country to come into <laughs> RVs. But again, we know the space and we're yeah. really tight oh, yeah. community. And, yeah. and that would probably be the last sales pitch. I, I, I have a lot of competitors who are friends in this industry, mm-hmm. um, suppliers who are friends. Um, that's one thing that I can say for sure in the RV industry is, we got a lot of good people, a lot of people who are just easy to be around. They care. Uh, they take care of each other, even if they're competitors. I don't think you find that in many industries or communities. Well, right? and rising tides float all boats. I mean, if we find answers to the labor issues that are that Keystone's dealing with, then we're going to find answers to the labor issues that everybody's dealing Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yeah. You're the poster child. You said it yourself. Um, so many people talk about the RV industry and, and, and look at it from the perspective of, either going to college or going to work into the industry like it's mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. No, it can be both and. Absolutely. And and that's another thing that that Keystone's doing is if you've got uh, people who have started on the line or started in, in labor or whatever, you're also making sure if they want to go to school, they're getting the opportunity to go to school. Well, the RV industry, something else, the industry itself offers fairly flexible hours. When you mm-hmm. think about a lot of production jobs start earlier in the morning, they're out later. I know that when I was in college, I scheduled things, maybe not around working on a production line, but around jobs. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've got a lot of really good um, reasons to come work, even if it's just you know temporary to, to discover a trade on the production line while you're going to school. And that's something that a lot of industries can offer you. You know, if you're if you're going to go work a nine to five, it's a lot harder to go finish a degree or you know start a degree. RV industry probably relates a little bit better to that with some of our hours and and some of our training. So, yeah. you know, in the middle of all this, with supply side challenges, with labor you know issues, uh, even for the most part over an eighteen month period dealing with COVID, um, there all have been lessons learned. When you look back over your last 18 months, and I'm sure there was a time or two when you didn't go to sleep, what are some of the lessons that you've learned over the last 18 months that you'd say apply to how you're looking at the future? Oh, man. Well, not to take anything for granted, um, probably the biggest lesson, though, is uh, you just never know. When COVID started, a lot of us, again, this industry being a discretionary good, thought, man, First, it was, I hope we don't have to shut down. And then it was, I hope we open back up. <laughs> and so uh, that that several weeks, um, you know, you're talking six to eight weeks when you're just not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. A lot of meetings at a lot of different plants, production facilities and offices saying, hey, here's what we know now. Here's what we're going to do. And here's what we hope. And it's really hard to look folks in the eye and say, you hope, uh, but you don't know for sure. And so one thing that I think we've learned, you know, Keystone in particular has always been um, we, we've tried not to, not to lay people off. We've tried not to, we've tried to be a good steward of our people, always giving them two to three to four to six weeks of heads up. Here's what's coming. Here's what our schedules look like so that people don't show up and have a sign posted on the door that says we're not working today. 
And we did that all the way up until COVID and we did it right into and through COVID. I think if nothing else, this has taught us that no matter how good things are or how bad things are, you just never know how it's going to pan out. And, um, we came back a little quicker than everyone else for COVID. And some people thought we were crazy coming back at five days a week. We really wanted to get our people back. We wanted to get them working. And, um, boy, that proved fairly prudent in the um, short and then in the long. And, um, you know, so I, I guess it's taught me that uh, we can we can be bullish and we can be um, more optimistic because I'm usually a pessimist. And uh, and I was wrong. I really this this came back in a way I never in a million years would have dreamed it would have. Now, I got to say that stuns me. Yeah. You, you don't come across as a pessimist. Uh, I, I, I think if, uh, yeah, I, I, I always think the worst and then hope for the best. Well, maybe you're a minefield guy. You yeah. just know where you can step and have it explode yeah. or whatever. Well, things are good now, um, and we certainly thank Keystone, uh, such a tremendous corporate citizen and uh, also a supporter of the chamber. And, uh, boy, this time went fast, but we appreciate you sharing the Keystone story, and we wish you the best as things go along. We really appreciate it. Our thanks to Jeff Runnels of Keystone. The Sound of the Economy brought to you in part by Everance and is a presentation of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Vince Turner. Thank you for joining us.